Hey, Wiki listeners, it's Rachel. And Victor, did you know I host the fantastic NYC Talent Show every Monday night at the Parkside Lounge in New York City? It's an off-off Broadway showcase where you can see New York's underground performance art up close. We've got weekly special guests like Colin Quinn, Janine Garofalo, Tone Bell, and lots more. Use the code WIKILISTEN for a special discount on tickets when you go to nyctalentshow.com. That's nyctalentshow.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Wikipedia page for post-truth politics. Welcome to Wikilisten, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. I'm Victor Vernado, KSN. And I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW, reminding you to subscribe. Yes, everybody, subscribe. Or else. I'm just kidding. Or else what? It's near Halloween, though. No, but this is happening at the after record- Halloween. At the time of recording, this is near Halloween. Yeah, that's true. Post-truth politics. Post-truth politics, also called post-factual politics and post-reality politics, is a political culture where true, false, honesty, lying have become a focal concern of public life and are viewed by popular commentators and academic researchers alike as having an important causal role in how politics operates at a particular point in history, especially influenced by new communication and media technologies. Oxford Dictionaries declared that its International Word of the Year in 2016 was post-truth, citing a 20-fold increase in usage compared to 2015 and noted that it was commonly associated with the noun post-truth politics. Popularized as a term in news media and a dictionary definition, post-truth has developed from a shorthand label for the abundance and influence of misleading or false political truth claims into a concept empirically studied and theorized by academic research. Since post-truth politics are primarily known through public truth statements in specific media contexts, commentary on major broadcasting networks, podcasts, YouTube videos, and other social media, it is especially studied as a media and communication studies phenomenon with particular forms of truth-telling, intentional rumors, lying, conspiracy theories, 
and fake news, subsequently gaining philosophers' attention. Post-truth politics' historical nature has also been discussed with regard to more traditional areas of communication and journalism studies, such as propaganda. As of 2018, political commentators and academic researchers have identified post-truth politics as ascendant in many nations, notably Australia, Brazil, China, India, Russia, the United Kingdom, and the United States, among others. That's right, and we're going to jump down to description now. We're not going to be reading this whole article because it is very long. <laughs> description. This section possibly contains synthesis of material which does not verifiably mention or relate to the main topic. Relevant discussion may be found on the talk page, February 2017. Learn how and when to remove this template message. What? The post-truth politics page has post-truth information? That's crazy. That's insane. In modern professionalization of political communication tied to marketing and advertising research, a defining trait of post-truth politics is that campaigners continue to repeat their talking points, even when media outlets, experts in the field in question, and others provide proof that contradicts these talking points. For example, during campaigning for the British EU referendum campaign, Vote Leave made repeated use of the claim that EU membership cost £350 million a week. Although later began to use the figure as a net amount of money sent directly to the EU. This figure, which ignored the UK rebate and other factors, was described as potentially misleading by the UK Statistics Authority as not sensible by the Institute for Fiscal Studies, and was rejected in fact checks by BBC News, Channel 4 News, and Full Fact. Vote Leave nevertheless continued to use the figure as a centerpiece of their campaign until the day of the referendum, after which point they downplayed the pledge as having been an example, pointing out that it was only ever suggested as a possible alternative use of the net funds sent to the EU. Tony MP and Leave campaigner Sarah Wallison, who left the group in protest during its campaign, criticized its post-truth politics. The Justice Secretary, Michael Gove, controversially claimed in an interview that the British people had had enough of experts. <laughs> oh, get out of here with all your facts. Yeah, really. However, the charges of post-truth politics could also be leveled against those who repeatedly claimed the Vote Leave pledge to spend £350 million pounds saved from EU membership on the NHS was a lie. A figure less than 350 million per week was only obtained by ignoring the cost to the UK government of allowing the EU tariff free access to the UK's single market. In 2015, this loss of UK government revenue would have been 12.9 billion pounds per year. Furthermore, in the years following the referendum, spending in the NHS actually increased beyond the pledge 350 million pounds. In real terms, indexed to 2020-21 prices, the increase between 2016-17 and 2021-22 was £21.6 billion per year, or £415 million per week. This increase would have been much larger if additional spending on the COVID-19 epidemic had not been factored out of the figures. Darn COVID-19. Michael Deacon, parliamentary sketchwriter for the Daily Telegraph, summarized the core message of post-truth politics as facts are negative, facts are pessimistic, 
facts are unpatriotic. He added that post-truth politics can also include a claimed rejection of partisanship and negative campaigning. In this context, campaigners can push a utopian positive campaign to which rebuttals can be dismissed as smears and scaremongering and opposition as partisan. In its most extreme mode, post-truth politics can make use of conspiracism. In this form of post-truth politics, false rumors such as the birther or Muslim conspiracy theories about Barack Obama become major news topics. In the case of the Pizzagate conspiracy, this resulted in a man entering the Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria and firing an AR-15 rifle. Yeah, I forgot about that. Man, yeah, that's me crazy. Too. Mm-hmm. Pizzagate. Man. In contrast to simply telling untruths, writers such as Jack Holmes of Esquire describe the process as something different, with Holmes putting it as, so if you don't know what's true, you can say whatever you want and it's not a lie. Finally, (laughs) scholars have argued that post-truth is not simply about clear-cut true-false statement and people's failure to distinguish between them, but about strategically ambiguous statements that may be true in some ways, from some perspectives and interpretations, and false in others. This was the case around the disinformation campaigns of the UK and US in promoting the US invasion of Iraq, Saddam Hussein slash Al-Qaeda ties or links, and weapons of mass destruction, which have been described as watershed moments of the post-truth era. <laughs> Wiki listeners, you can help support us by listening to this quick message while you figure out the truth. Thank you for listening to that message. And let's be honest, who knows what the truth is? <laughs> Am I right? I don't know if you're right, because I don't know what the truth is. It's hard to tell. All right, now we're jumping down to solutions. Wow. Solutions. This section may lend undue weight to certain ideas, incidents, or controversies. The specific problem is, what makes this professor's theory notable and no other? Please help improve it by rewriting it in a balanced fashion that contextualizes different points of view. That's a, one of the more specific ones I've seen. Yeah, it is. Somebody is really fired up. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? Solutions from Naif Al-Radim. Both technology companies and governments have started to make efforts to tackle the challenge of post-truth politics in an article for the journal Global Policy, Professor Nayef Al-Radin suggested four particular responses. One, improve the technological tools for fact-checking. For example, Germany has already asked Facebook to introduce a fake news filtering tool. Two, greater involvement and visibility for scientists and the scientific community. The UK, for instance, has a series of parliamentary committees at which scientists are called to testify and present their research to inform policymaking. Similarly in Canada, the role of chief science advisor was reestablished and each department with even a small scientific capability was required to develop a policy for scientific integrity. Three. Stronger government action. In countries such as the Czech Republic, new units have been set up to tackle fake news. The most important challenge here is to ensure that such state-led efforts are not used as a tool for censorship. Securitizing fake news. It is important to treat post-truth politics as a matter of security and devise global efforts to counter this phenomenon. In March 2017, the United Nations Special Rapporteur on Freedom of Opinion and Expression, the OSCE, and the Organization for American States 
issued a joint declaration on freedom of expression and fake news, disinformation and propaganda to warn against the effects of fake news, but at the same time condemn any attempts at state-mandated censorship. Solutions from Sophia Rosenfeld. In her 2019 book, Democracy and Truth, A Short History, American historian Sophia A. Rosenfeld recommends the following as potential solutions for dealing with post-truth politics. One, encourage truth-telling and fact-checking as ethical commitments to which people should commit themselves in public life. Rosenfeld recommends that society urge journalists and public figures to search for and share empirically sound, carefully verified information rather than speculation. (laughs) Great idea, Sophia. Avoiding reopening settled debates such as the Earth's flatness in an effort to ensure balance. Doing so, she writes, provides a platform to claims and ideas which offer little value to the existing body of knowledge. She sounds really smart, but... She apparently doesn't deal with dum-dums a lot. Yeah, apparently not. Three, pressure tech and social media companies to combat disinformation campaigns. Rosenfeld argues that social media sites allow flashy disinformation campaigns to spread much more rapidly than verified information. Four, shift away from free speech absolutism. She asserts that permitting false claims, such as the unfounded conspiracy theories surrounding the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting, to be disseminated needlessly spreads harm. Actually, everything she said sounds great, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, it sounds more comprehensive than the other doctor. Mm-hmm. But it's just sad because I know that we're in a world where people are going to be like, what? I'm eating a turkey sandwich right now. You'd mind backing up? Yep. <laughs> Five. Protect the integrity of political institutions, election integrity, and independent judiciaries, argues Rosenfeld, are key to protecting society from the dangers of post-truth politics. She warns of the distorting influence of money on the information voters see and read leading up to elections. Courts, she writes, are integral both to protecting truth seekers and to determining truth itself in matters of political, civil, and criminal dispute. Six. Improve society's information literacy through education. Rosenfeld recommends that beginning with elementary and secondary education, students should learn how to evaluate the veracity of claims they encounter, as well as what qualifies as trustworthy evidence. They did, I mean, in my education, like, they sort of tried to teach this, but the way they went about it was just not super effective. The most positive thing I ever learned from college which I only attended for like one year and then dropped out. Yeah. But was from a historiology class where it showed me that history the way it was reported is not even close to the way history has unfolded. Like everything yes. we learned in, it was basically a class like everything you learned in school so far is not true and our yeah. minds were just like blowing up because mm-hmm. we were like freshmen in college we're like what? Yeah. And they're like, no, that guy was an ass. Seven, encourage nonviolent protest against lying and corruption and in support of truth telling. Rosenfeld cites protest in support of police body cameras as well as the 2017 March for Science as examples. The 2017 March for Science. I think I had an opportunity to, to go to that, like, with my class. I didn't for some reason. Great story. Yeah, thank you. 
This has been the Wikipedia page for post-truth politics. Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. You can find us at wikilisten.com and on all social media and on TikTok at Wikilisten, except for Twitter, which is at wiki underscore listen. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button with your conspiracy theories. If there's a particular Wikipedia page you'd like us to read, let us know. We will read it. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.